Hi, friends, and welcome to the Between the Covers Book Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to let you know that we love you and you are always welcome to sit at our table. Between the Covers believes in passionately pursuing our best selves through inspirational books and elevating and empowering our members along the way. Please take a look at our website btcbookclub.com backslash podcast to check out what books we are reading in the chapter calendar so you can read along and tune into these podcast discussions. We are all about empowering each other, so please leave us a review and also share this podcast with others. Again, we are so honored to have you on this journey with us. Let's dive in. Hey guys, Brianne from Between the Covers podcast. Um, so excited to be back with you guys. As mentioned, we read The Silent Patient by Alex Migalides. And if I can just sum up the book in one word, it's probably what? It was so good. It like twist and turned a million times. Anyway, Super excited to jump right in. We've got Maddie and Emily, um, and we'll talk also about the book that's coming up next. And lastly, if you haven't seen yet, um, we're supporting our Lake Charles girls with Hurricane Laura. And so we've started to donate um, in different ways. And so if you feel any type of calling for uh, that to get involved, please reach out. We would love to connect you and, and share with some different avenues on how we're supporting our Lake Charles chapter. That is all. Let's jump right in. Hi, everyone. We're so excited to be back. I feel like, I don't know, Just we just got finished talking about, so you want to talk about race, and we just felt like it wasn't the right time to maybe um, get on the podcast and talk about that topic without being specialist um, in that arena. And so we took a pause on the podcast and now we're back with the silent patient. Uh, what a page turner. I can't wait to discuss. So just to let you know, this is Maddie talking. I actually haven't even finished the book. I'm about 20 pages away and so I'm probably going to be freaking out like this whole entire podcast but Brie and Emily here have finished the book and I just can't wait to hear what happens so that's going to be exciting. Some announcements are most of y'all saw we announced spring 2021 recharges they sold out within three minutes I think Every woman right now is really craving connection and not only connection, but like face-to-face connection in an intimate setting like a home. And also we are all ready to travel. And so um, expectedly it sold out really quick, but we will be announcing fall 2021 recharge trips in October And that will be really amazing. They're going to be at the same locations that we're taking in the spring. So you can see what those locations are on our website and be ready to sign up for them in October. Um, 
next book. I'm so excited about this. Our next book, we're going to be voting at the end of this week, but we're going to read a book about the Enneagram. And so I know I am so excited. I think it's going to be an awesome podcast too, like hearing about what y'all are and how y'all operate and when you're healthy or unhealthy. And um, I don't know. I mean, you hear a lot of things about like personality tests and for our podcast listeners, I'm using air quotes. Um, But really the Enneagram is something that you can just like add the tool to your toolkit. Like you don't have to believe it or you can see if it works for you. I just think um, it's a really awesome toolkit. It's really worked in um, me and Alex's marriage and understanding each other. And I think it works well with friendships. And so I think it's going to be really awesome that our groups are doing it and getting to know each other. So yeah, if you haven't taken the Enneagram test, we are going to link it in the description of this podcast. So you can take the test and see what number you are out of the nine numbers. That's really it. Emily is going to take it away with the good news of the week. All right. All right. So um, this is the good news. So the U.S. Senate has passed the Driftnet Modernization and Bycatch Reduction Act a bill introduced in March of 2019 to phase out giant nets used for sword fishing that trap marine mammals, seabirds, and turtles in the federal waters off of the coast of California, which is the only place that the nets are still used in the United States. Um, So these nets are more than a mile long and are left in the ocean overnight to catch swordfish and other sharks. Other marine species, including whales, dolphins, sea lions, sea turtles, can also become entangled in the large mesh nets, injuring or killing them. Um, We are encouraged that the, so they said that we are encouraged that the United States is taking steps to address harmful fishing methods in the ocean and off our coast as a major cause of biodiversity collapse. So um, just some statistics. Statistics on this between 2001 and 2015, these nets, um, the industry that uses these nets, they've inadvertently caught 753 dolphins, 507 seals, um, 112 seabirds, 53 whales, and 35 sea turtles. Holy smokes! Horrible. Horrible. So they go on to say that we finally, we have found a way to phase out their use and transition to a more humane alternative without harming the commercial fishing industry in the process. Um, This is a significant win for our ocean and for the California economy. Wow. So that's good news. So does it, where did you read that at? Just so we can source it in the description. What news source are you on? So that was from, let me get there. I wonder what the alternative fishing method is. Cause I can just imagine mile long nets probably caught so many fish. That's just so sad too, to think about. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It was from sunnyskies.com. Okay. okay. But yeah, we, we can read more about the act that was passed. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Save this, like, sea species. I mean, all animals. Like, we should be practicing healthy, you know, 
hunting and commercial things that happen, but that's a win. So many free animals that don't have to get caught in the entanglement. Yes. Wow. Great. I love that one. Save Thanks me. for sharing. You're welcome. You could totally expect Emily the vegan to, <laughs> to share animals. I mean, I'm not I'm not hating. I'm just saying, like, she loves animals. We could expect an animal news. Oh. You're like my most vegan friend that talks the least about it. <laughs> I hope you take that as a compliment. I'm a cool, I'm a cool vegan. I try to be. You vegan. are a cool vegan. <laughs> I forget that Emily is vegan. Like, yeah, you don't really talk about it. So do I. Yeah. But we're so proud of you. That's so awesome. And you're doing oh, so awesome. much, so much for the geo tar- geo targeting. I'm in my marketing brain. <laughs> atmosphere I don't know what I'm saying but you're doing great for the world oh thank you all right let's dive into silent patient we're gonna talk as long as we can on this since it is a thriller book and you know Brie and Emily do know what happens we can't ask a lot of the foreshadowing questions but we're gonna talk about it and um, hear from them and then We'll also do highs and lows, especially since we haven't talked to y'all in a while. And I know y'all all are messaging me on the BTC Instagram about where is the podcast. So <laughs> if, we'll give some updates on our highs and lows and what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So my first question for y'all is now that y'all know the ending, what do y'all think the purpose was for adding Alcestis into the very beginning of the book. And does anyone want to give a quick um, refresh about what Alcestis is? So I can attempt to give my best recap. I wouldn't say Greek mythology is my strong suit, but here's how I understood it. Um, So I guess Alcestis um, was the wife of this other Greek god, and he had, for some of a reason, had to die. And they made a deal with him: if you can find someone to take your place, then you don't have to die. And so he went around asking, and ultimately came down to his wife, and she took his spot. Well, later Hercules went and rescued her from Hades, and she was alive again, but she never spoke. She like took a vow of silence, and they talked through like. Why do you think she was silent? And Alicia was very moved by this story of betrayal. And I think that's interesting. I know we were talking about it early in the book of like, why why do we think she was quiet? I would love to hear from you guys on like, why do you think both Alcestis and Alicia took the vow of silence? (laughs) That's a great question, Brie. Mm-hmm. Like someone in club threw out, like, was it just the ultimate betrayal or did she just, she said what she needed to say and she was kind of taking that stance of there's nothing left to be said. Of, My husband sucks. <laughs> well, I, 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 maybe I'm saying this cause I know the ending, but I did feel like she was maybe hiding something 
that's a good point. I don't know the ending, yeah. but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I think like nowadays uh, in Western culture, we think of silence as like we are we are trying to defend ourselves and we're always like speaking up and it's very natural to take that route in defending yourself. Um, but especially talking about Alcestis and Greek mythology, like I'm not a specialist on Greek mythology, but I would think that maybe back then there there were different types of ways you would react to situations. And maybe if you were completely honest and you sacrificed your life for your husband, like maybe there was no, you know, nothing you, you said, like you just took the vow to be quiet. I don't know. But I mean, Alicia, I don't know why she is not <laughs> talking. Like I would be talking about it nonstop. Well, I guess we should just like kind of break the ice and like who wants <laughs> who wants to talk about the ending? Like tell me what happened. Emily, do you want to start? Sure. So we're following Theo and he's stalking Kathy, his wife, to find out who her lover is and through the stalking he comes upon a house and that house turns out to be Alicia's home. What is the like opposite of a mistress? Mm. Like what's Gabriel? Oh. Lover. Like what's Kathy's lover? <laughs> lover. Yeah. So Gabriel, Alicia's husband, is Kathy's lover. Oh my gosh. Mind blown. And I have like so many questions. Like I thought Gabriel. Okay. Well, first off, I thought Gabriel and Alicia had a pretty solid marriage, but right when I was saying that, I kind of remembered that whole weird thing about Gabriel trying to make her swallow the, yes, the medication. And that, that did seem kind of weird. Like what, what kind of husband does that? And there's still the strange dynamic between her and the brother Max, which I feel like I don't have closure on. Did you guys? Not at all. That was left open. I feel like the way that the book went was they told the story in a very like linear method of like, okay, here's his work life. Then he goes home. Here's his home life. Here's his work life. Here's his home life. And I think we get like a synopsis or the summary of, of his both, I guess is he went home and Kathy is like this actress and she's always at the theater doing her thing supposedly. And I guess she left her laptop open and he got high and just went through her emails and found these engagements with this code name. And so he was like, crap, my wife's cheating on me. And then never confronted her, which also weird especially because he's a therapist so I was like I don't know I thought he would handle that in a more healthy way well that that did clue me in into his thought process and where he was mentally mentally yeah the fact that he would kind of just hold that over or hold that in 
until the perfect moment. And he never, well, he, so also in the end, he does try to bring it up by mentioning Alicia's name Mm -hmm. because her lover was killed, which is strange to think about. Yes. Like, so she was had to deal with the loss of Gabriel as well. Right. So I feel like, okay, we're jumping around. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try to organize our thoughts for a second. Okay. <laughs> so I, when, I like am shook it from this book. Like, yeah, I, there's so many. Yes. There's so many plot, plot lines here. I, was, I finished it like just recently, last night actually. And I walked into our, our bedroom to, tell my boyfriend, I was like, I need to tell you about this book I read. And he was like asleep and not interested. So this morning he like barely opens his eyes and I'm like, can I tell you about this book that I just finished? And he's like, let's get some coffee and talk about it. (laughs) Sugar. So anyway, Theo, the therapist finds out his wife's cheating and he starts to like follow them and realizes like they're hooking up in a park and then while Kathy goes home, he follows the mister. I looked it up. He follows the <laughs> mister home and starts like, essentially he realizes that the mister also has a wife and he's like studying the house, studying kind of like what they're doing. And meanwhile, he's going to work and helping Alicia, who's this patient who's convicted of killing her husband and is like a, a famous artist and she's got these certain paintings, which draws back into like uh, Alcestis. How am I doing so far, Maddie? Am I like, yeah, keep going. I'm, I'm just mind blown right now. So like <laughs> while this is happening and he's creeping on the home, he's already with Alicia. That's what, how the book works. So he's already with um, Alicia and he's trying to get her to speak. She, whatever, for whatever reason, builds enough trust and gives him her diary, which is dated about like for whenever and is saying, it's like telling the story of how she's being watched. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, And And years, years ago. Right. In the book, they're going back and forth. Right. They're they're jumping years. Yeah. I think it was like six years. Six years. She was in that mental institution for six years. So in the book, when you go to Alicia's diary, you're jumping back into present or not into present, into past. Mm-hmm. Like someone's watching me. Oh my God, he's in the house. Da 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 da. But when you're in the mental men- mental institution, the grove, you are in present day. And that's like six years of silence from Alicia. Alicia, but okay. Keep going though. You're doing, you're doing good and I'm hooked. Okay. So he's like helping her. He's like following up with different people that were in her life. So he's got like her cousin and her aunt who tell this story of how she was in this car accident with her mom as a child and her mother died and she didn't. And she heard her dad saying something to the effect of like, I wish they would have like, I wish my daughter would have died and my wife was still here. And at that point, like imagine that being heard as a young eight or nine year old, like that's crushing. Then he, she goes to um, 
the person who owns the gallery that all of her art is in, which is like an old college friend who's got this weird obsession with her. He goes to um, a guy named Max, which is um, Alicia's husband, Gabriel, the one that she murdered. It's her or his brother. And there's weird sexual tension. I guess he like molested her at some point or, or raped her. I don't like he did very, something. very strange between them. Yes. And like you said, Emily, not a lot of resolution there. So not sure. Right. Anyway, he gathers all this information um, and is like putting together the story. And then she decides she's going to talk. And she's like telling the story of what happened to her when this intruder broke into her house and he tied her up. And he then they waited for the husband to get home. He tied the husband up. And then um, the intruder shot the, her husband supposedly six times. That's her story. The truth was Gabriel uh, or Theo follows Gabriel home. So Gabriel is Alicia's husband. Um, realizes they're together, stalks the house, breaks in ties up Alicia, threatens her, then um, tells her like what's going on, waits, Gabriel gets home, he ties him up, puts them back to back in chairs and tells Gabriel, someone needs to die and you get to choose in 10 seconds. And at the very last second, Gabriel says, I don't wanna die. And so Theo walks around, cause Gabriel can't see, he's tied up the opposite direction. He walks around to Alicia, Alicia, and he shoots the ceiling and then he unties her wrist and he leaves the gun and he leaves and she unties herself. She takes the gun and she walks and she kills her husband. So she did kill her husband, but it's that's how it ties back to the Greek story. Oh so my gosh. They all layer on top of each other. Right. And going back to the hospital, She's fallen into a coma, and we find out that that was done by Theo, and she confesses that in her journal. And then she hides her journal so that Theo can't find it, but he puts morphine, but he makes it look like an overdose. So she's like scrambling to write what just happened, and she's like, I'm fading fast. Theo just did this. I know it was him who broke in my... She, she like, knew that the intruder in her house and Theo were the same person. Mm-hmm. And she, like, hides her diary in a painting so that he couldn't find it. And then someone sends all the paintings to her old gallery friend, um, the one that has a weird obsession with her, and he finds the diary and gives it to the police. And the police show up at Theo's doorstep. So like the final act is the police chief at Theo's residence and is like reading her diary entry to Theo. Yes. And he's just like total acceptance at that point. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, burn. (laughs) Dude, what? Oh my gosh. I have so many questions. Like, so do I. Oh my gosh. Wow. I feel like we should put a disclaimer before people start this podcast because oh, I, I ruined it. Oh, no. We're going to have to say, like, 
we, you know, we talk about the whole book, like, please do not listen (laughs) if you have not finished because, oh my God. Wow. That is so crazy. So does Alicia die or no? I think they just leave it with her being in the coma. In the coma. Which, so we don't know. Yeah. Man, so what are y'all's thoughts about, now we'll we'll kind of, now that we know the ending, oh my God. First off, like, when is this going to be a movie? Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Um, and we're, I'm going to ask later in this podcast who y'all think should be casted for the movie. So be thinking about that. But let's talk about some general themes that are happening throughout the book. So like, first, Theo and Kathy's marriage. Like, what are y'all's thoughts on this and how Theo's handling it? So bizarre. Even at the very last scene, it, they're just living their normal lives, bickering in the kitchen, like in their home. Like none of them, I neither of them have confessed what they've done. They've just oh my gosh! So he gone about their back, lives. He gets back with Kathy. He never left. Yeah, they were always together. He never admitted it, and she never admitted it. So Theo didn't have like an obsession with Alicia. He just like okay. I I think revenge, right? Or I think he wanted to cover it up. I don't know. Yeah. Because if he was wearing a mask the whole time. But also, like, the one person who knows what... um, Also, she's guilty, right? Like, she did kill her husband. But he was stalking her. But also, of all the, like, um, witnesses, she's not talking. Right. Why would you want to make her talk? Right. He went out of his way to personally sit with her. Yeah. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? To relive the. Because he's like just kind of sick in the head. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. I think that is very sick. Like, you would want her not to talk. Right. Because, like, right. You're involved, but he like pursued her. So he's definitely all sorts of. And he wanted to talk to all these family members and people involved in their lives and hear their stories. Oh yeah. And he definitely crossed the line multiple times, like going too personal, like contacting people he shouldn't have. So like he was pretty extreme. How would y'all say Theo and Alicia are alike? I mean, I think they both were living with this truth that they hadn't told anyone. Mm-hmm. And they also both, like Alicia and Max, that situation, she never brings that up to Gabriel. And Theo never brings up Kathy's affair. Just yeah. both have very strange dynamics with their partners. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like they're kind of like very similar. And I thought I thought they were going to be the same person. <laughs> the yeah, way the book was going. A lot of people thought that on Instagram. So I asked on Instagram, like, how 
many people think Alicia is the murderer or she's innocent. And it was like 63% said that she was innocent. So that's interesting. Now that we know the truth, she actually did commit the murder. And then I asked, like, how do you think the book ends? And a lot of people were saying that they thought Theo, what, like, somehow is the patient in a way, like. Well, whenever they come back from the walk where they're smoking, she sits down in his chair in in the office and he says something to the effect of, I didn't, she was me and I was her or something like that. Uh, yeah, so kind of weird. That was going to be like, oh, okay, it's the same person. But yeah, I wonder if that was like her way of shifting, like the power dynamic, like where at first he had kind of the information and the power, and it was kind of her way of being like, I'm about to flip the script, and yeah. now I get to control the narrative that you've put me in. Yeah, I think. Oh, it, she- without when he starts kind of spiraling after that conversation or when she starts talking, I guess. I think it's when she, I think it's when she lied about what had actually happened. I think that's when he knew she knew. Okay. Yeah. Cause she, I remember the specific details. I guess she said that the intruder shot her husband six times in the face And he was like, nope, what had happened was I shot one time in the ceiling and the biopsy showed that someone else shot him five times. Right. When was the moment that y'all were like, it was Theo? (laughs) Yeah, when he said it. (laughs) Yeah. No, there was no like intense foreshadowing or any clues where y'all were like, oh, this is definitely it. It was when he said it. When he started talking about stalking the house, that's when I was like, wait. Yeah. But right. Up until the they, yes. Yeah. Up until they gave it away. I had no clue at all. That's yeah. I, I, I mean, I know what happens now because of y'all, but I'm on page 265 (laughs) and I had no idea. So. Right. What do you guys think about like the character Ruth Theo's therapist? Yeah. When he finds out that his wife is cheating on him. Why do you think she's even in the like plot? Well, and (sighs) can you remind me, he talks about her at the very end do you remember what he says? He talks about Ruth at the very end. Yeah. I just I have the audiobook, so. I but he brings it. her up. I mean, I think like Yeah, I don't know. I kind of wondered cuz I remember when he figures out about Kathy, he shows up at Ruth's doorstep like mm-hmm. And his poor Ruth is like 80 years old in the middle of the night. Like, what is going on? Um, but she did know. seem kind of like, you're She's, not really a patient anymore. You're a friend. So I'm going to give you this advice. Yeah. But she had like the typical therapist advice that I would expect. Like Theo was like, you know, 
he was like shaking up the magic eight ball before he would talk to people and just like be sporadic. Whereas Ruth was more of the therapist I would be expecting, but why she's in the book. That's a great question. Like why, you know, Alex, the author did not have to put that in there. And so. Ooh, okay. I found that piece that you're talking about, Emily. Okay. Um, at the very end, he says, I wonder what Ruth would say if I went to find her again, as I did six years ago. So you're right. They, they are six years apart. So I'm wondering, he's saying this after all this has gone down. He's, he's like back in the present. He's with Kathy in their like home outside of London or whatever. Uh, but I knew it was impossible. It was altogether a different creature now. A guiltier thing, less capable of honesty. And then it goes back and he says, because not only had I let her down, I know she'd be thinking she had let me down and not just me but the talking cure itself for no therapist ever had a better shot at it than Ruth. She had years to work with someone who was damaged. Yes, but so young, just a boy and so willing to change to get better, to heal. Yet despite hundreds of hours of psychotherapy, talking and listening and analyzing, she was unable to save his soul. So did he confess to her? I want to go back and read that first. No, no. No, he confessed. He confessed about Kathy having the affair and stuff like that, but he never confessed. That was like in the past six years ago, meeting with Ruth. And now he's saying six years later, what would Ruth think about this situation now? I don't know. Ruth kind of reminds me of like maybe the stable side of Theo, like the side of Theo that's like, oh, you shouldn't act this way, you know? you should be honest, you should be vocal, you deserve better. But then the dark side of Theo is what won. Like she was kind of the voice of reason. Yeah. That's a great question. Who would y'all cast as Theo and Alicia? I'm so bad at like actors and... Well, I'm going to steal someone's answer, um, but from you, the actor's yes. name, I'm sorry. Yes. And Gossip Girl, he's on Gossip Girl. He would literally be perfect for Theo. Yes. What's his name? Sneaking around in the back. I can see it. Pen, pen bad, bad glee. Pen bad glee. Definitely. He just, I guess maybe because it is the show you that like he yeah. kind of is already Theo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not a therapist, but he's like stalking people. But he's just mysterious. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. what, what did what did Bagley play in um, Gossip Girl? Oh, uh, Dan Humphrey. Dan Humphrey, yeah. Yes. Don't you think? And, and Chuck Bass could be um, Gabriel. Oh yeah. Ooh. Or Chad wasn't. What was that? What Sam? What was the douchebag uh, therapist? What was his name? Oh. Um. God, there's so many characters in this book. First of all. Um. You know, Maddie. You know who I'm talking about? The guy who's like, you can't break through. Well, I was suspicious of him for a while. So was I. 
Oh, the one that knew Alicia from the very beginning and like medicated her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and he and Gabe, he was Gabriel's friend, yeah, family do- friend, Doctor W or whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah. I forgot his first name. Christian, Christian was it his name? Okay, yeah. Him. I think Alicia is. Um, if anyone listening watches Yellowstone, the daughter on Yellowstone, Beth. Her actual actress name is Kelly Riley. I don't know. I just see her as Alicia, even though I don't think in the book they ever said Alicia has red hair, but. Oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah. She's spicy in Yellowstone and she has just like, I just feel like she could play the silent psycho character (laughs) very well. And what about um, Kathy? Ooh. Okay, so she's having an affair. Huh. Megan Fox? <laughs> yeah, I think someone said Megan Fox. Yes. Yeah, so, someone said Megan Fox last night. Um and Ruth. Well, Ruth is like sweet little yeah. old like Meryl Streep. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Betty White. Oh. I don't know um, who. Oh, you know what? I think um, the silent patient casting by fans, if you look that up, the fans have actually casted who they want in the movie. Here it is. Oh, my gosh. Alicia does have red hair in this. Well, that's weird. I'll send y'all the link right now and I'll make sure to um, post it on the description of the podcast. But Katie McGrath is Kathy. And this is just according to the fans. Gabriel is Luke Evans. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Matthew Gray is um, the museum i mean the museum the um the guy off of criminal minds he's like the yes is this not so perfect yes jason momoa is yuri yes look at barbie yeah this is perfect we need to send this out in the in the group needs too because this is really great well yeah that silent patient I hope everyone loved reading the thriller and kind of just like, I don't know, we're all in quarantine. It's hard to read self-help back to back when you're in a pandemic. So I hope everyone enjoyed just, you know, having a page turner that just like excited all of us. I know. I mean, I'm about to finish it tonight, but I know I've really enjoyed it. And so, yeah, let's do highs and lows, obviously. If you don't have a low, you don't have to say, but also you don't even have to say a high and a low. You can just like give an update on your life too. So whoever wants to go first can go first. I can. I feel like I'm starting to just embrace this new normal. Um, And so that's a good thing. I have a birthday this week and we booked a last minute trip to Montana your birthday? Mm-hmm. When? 
It's on Friday. Wait, that is not in my Google sheet of birthdays, ma'am. It's on Friday? Yeah. How old are you turning? 29. Feeling fine. I just turned 29 too. Oh my God, Montana. Like, dude, it's your birthday. My favorite state. So we're going fly fishing, whitewater rafting, hiking. I just want to do like all the outdoor, like just get out of Dodge kind of. I swear to God, if you don't spend a whole day in the Grand Tetons, I'm going to be so upset. So I actually even said, I was like, I think I'd rather spend an extra day in the Grand Tetons than go to Yellowstone. And James was slightly offended, but it's my birthday. (laughs) I think, I mean, I don't know. I've been to Montana a handful of times for anyone listening. If y'all are like, who is this person? I think like Yellowstone is a national park and you want to go there, but the Grand Tetons is like another level of like sights to see in your life. Like I I was blown away by that. And so that's going to be so exciting to be there. Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of this. I need to Google. The, the Grand Tetons, T-E-T-O-N. They will rock your world. You basically look like you're in Canada. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. wow. So where are y'all staying? We're staying in Jackson Hole the first couple nights. And we just got like one of the classic little motels in the center. I think it's called like the 49ers Inn or something like it's like one of those like little classic ones. And then um, in Big Sky, I don't know. Oh remember. my God, you're going to Big Sky. I'm freaking <laughs> out. Mm-hmm. I can't you'll wait. probably see Aaron. Like if you go to a restaurant, like you'll probably see him and you're going to be like, is that Maddie's brother with a mullet? And <laughs> that's him. Okay. I'm going to be on the look. It's going to be like, where's Waldo Big Sky style? Yeah, he's always at the, I don't even know, Drunken Moose or something, some bar there. Oh my God, <laughs> so, so if you're funny. wanting to go to a bar, go there. But, oh my God, that's so exciting. I can give you all the hike recommendations for Big Sky if y'all go hiking there. Please. Yes. I, know, I have to Actually. go. I have to go too. Yes. I know. It's, I'm so excited. So all good things, I think, like, I've kind of got to the place where, just some like unknown and you guys know me and I feel like probably even the listeners know I'm so type a. So I've like literally journaled this week, Emily, you'd be so proud of (laughs) things I cannot control and things I can. And I just have to let go of the things I cannot control. It does nothing good for me. Um, But like listing it out this week. And I feel like I had like just clarity Um, as I was doing it. I was like, Emily would, this is a Monday meditation. What do you call those daily prompts? The morning, morning, morning pages. Morning pages. Yeah. Yes. So no, that's uh, awesome. yeah, just focusing on the good today. That's awesome, Brie. Good. Well, we're going to have to celebrate your birthday when you get back. I think we're talking about maybe on the 14th because you come back next week, like what Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that following week we can, I think we're talking about maybe doing like a um, paddleboard out on the lake together. So maybe we can all go and celebrate your birthday on the lake. Okay. Or whatever you want to do. If you just like want to go eat or something, just let us know what you want to do. But we definitely have to celebrate. Okay. Sounds good.
Emily, what about you? What's going on? Highs, lows? Uh, um, so once last time we've had a check-in. Like <laughs> oh my like, gosh. Two, long time two, ago. two months ago. Um, I will say I definitely think I was in higher spirits the last time we talked, like over this past past month. There's been some highs, but more lows than normal. Um and kind of the opposite of Brie of what you said, I don't think I'm adjusting to the new normal. Um, just resisting a lot. And that like, exactly like you said, the things that you cannot change. I've been ruminating over those things instead of focusing on the things I can change, which there's a lot of them. Um, so yeah, but I'm trying to share more about how I've been feeling. And because of that, Maddie has given me so much great advice and just so many other friends have been there and been supportive and tried to help me look at the bright side of things. And there's, there's a huge bright side. So. Mm, yeah. We're cheering you on so loud. We're all behind you. Just like cheering you on. Totally. If you can just imagine that. <laughs> yes. But I feel like these last few days, I've taken a turn for the better. Just kind of the same way that how I've been feeling. I just kind of woke up and been in a funk for a few weeks. I kind of woke up and have been feeling better. So what's the best advice someone's given you that's like helped you through that and kind of helped the past couple of days? Gratitude just coming from a place of gratitude, you know, when all I want to do is stomp my feet down and be upset about X, Y, and Z. I'm just trying to remind myself of all the reasons I'm fortunate and yeah. Yeah. And also um, Maddie, you told me this anytime you do have a negative thought or voice a negative thought, having the courage to say, you know what, that was negative and which I struggle <laughs> to even come up with an example of how to say that, but I struggle to do that. Yeah. Neuroplasticity. If you're going to think negative a whole bunch, like you're just widening the tubes in your brain where negative thoughts are going to pass through your brain more than another tube, which maybe is gratitude or positivity or like there's other channels, obviously thousands of channels, but the more you think about something, the wider the channel goes. And so it's really good when you think negative a lot to start closing up that channel and putting your energy into building a wider channel for positive thoughts or affirmations or like whatever, whatever it is that's like like better for your life. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same thing with Emily. I um, accepted a new job, which I'm, I'm super thankful for. And I, I should be grateful for it, right? But I also um, just kind of struggled a little bit with like my purpose and life. And, and am I supposed to be in this rat race? And like, is this what like God created me to do? And kind of in a weird funk. Um and so, yeah, I actually had a really big awakening probably a couple of days ago about why. So 
I just feel like a, a lot of us, I feel like a lot of us should be like doing more and like giving back and doing, having these like bigger calls to life, but we're stuck in like this rat race of like Western culture and like salary and like money. And I was kind of talking to Alex about like, why would this feeling in my heart be placed? Like, why would, if I want to do more and I want to give back and I want to have a bigger calling in life, then why is like God or the universe or whatever you believe in, like, why is he putting me on this path? That's like, not what I want or the opportunity that I want. Like I'm willing to give my life for it. So why isn't he giving me the bigger opportunity? And I just had this like really big awakening when I was reading, I'm in a Bible study with a whole bunch of the BTC girls. And we were talking about like physical hunger and spiritual hunger and how when we're physically hungry, we are like constantly seeking out like nutrition or shelter or water, right? Like we go into survival mode and we're like fighting to get to the nutrition or whatever physical thing that you need. And spiritual hunger is like given to you by the universe or God or like Buddha, like whatever you believe in, but like that that's given to you by the higher power for you to pursue him. And if I, if I didn't have this, like wanting to do more in my heart and like wanting to make a bigger change and maybe having a different job title that, you know, impacts more people, like then I would be content and I wouldn't be seeking. And like that is in my heart to seek just like spiritual um, hunger or water or whatever. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like instead of being mad at God or mad at the universe and like kind of having this pity party of like, I guess I'll just do the rat race. Like I kind of had an eye-opening, like, epiphany, like, wow, that feeling is, like, given to me, and it's given to me to seek out more, and so I just need to be, like, more grateful, like you said, Emily, and even, like, BTC, like, I need to be grateful that I am seeking out, and I'm doing it in, like, different ways, so I just should be grateful for those opportunities that he's provided I don't know anyways I've been in like a weird space (laughs) so well we kind of talked about too how just being like all right I felt those feelings now what are those feelings trying to tell me and where are they going to lead me next like what am I learning from this which is I think what we talked about in the beginning of quarantine you know when we're all like this is this has been a gift to all of us um and now I like haven't left my apartment in seven days um but yeah just looking at what even though they're negative what have those feelings gifted us right yeah that's a great point and I think like everyone says like or you know Glennon Doyle like feelings are for feelings and like I completely agree with that to an extent of like okay well we can't like let's try not to be sad forever right like I try and like give myself the uh, the time to feel my feelings and then after a certain period I'm like okay I need to like I need to work out I need to start like I got to get back like in momentum and so I think it's important I talked about this with Emily last night like once you're in motion, it is harder to stop than stopping and getting back into motion. And so 
I think if anyone's struggling, that's listening, like quarantine is just, I, I know, I know we're all sick of it. Like we're all sad that this is our new normal. We are having to mourn a little bit of the old times that we had. And yeah, they might be back maybe in 2021, but for the next couple of months, this is what it looks like it's going to be. I just want to like, let y'all know, like we all feel that way, but it's okay to like start seeking out things that bring you joy in your day, whether that's nature, going on a walk, putting your phone away, reading, like we should be in motion trying to find like the new joys in life. Right. Right. And like Bree said, just coming up with your new normal, you know, and I got this idea from you, Maddie, like in the morning, my routine was always getting in the car and driving and listening to music or a podcast. And that's been completely cut out, but it doesn't have to be. I can still wake up in the morning and go to a coffee shop. And that's what I did this morning. And it completely changed the tone of my day. Yeah. You got out of your apartment and you're like, right. And and Lauren um, in our ATX group said this yesterday, like, her and Zach have been working at home for the past six months. And like, she just like had to create a, a better space. Like it's been six months and like they're, they, she wants like new and fresh vibes and like whatever that is, if it's decorating your apartment or going on a drive in the morning, like we have to start seeking those opportunities that can bring in like some motion instead of, you know, just, you know, being upset the whole time which is it's okay to be set but it's also okay to be upset and seek things that give you joy too so that's like even when I had a bad morning this morning and I didn't want to work out it was like okay I had my morning I felt my feelings but I'm going at lunch you know like that doesn't mean I just have to miss it like I have to go do it and so and then I (laughs) like I sent a text to Emily, like making a song about Instagram. Like I was literally a different person after I worked out. Like I was like, (laughs) and so it's just crazy. Like get off, get off Instagram. (laughs) Right. I had a girlfriend actually tell me it's been a couple weeks, but she was talking about like needing just fresh perspective on things. And she, do you remember when you were a kid and you would like, change how your room looked like you put your bed on a new wall or something oh yeah always and she was like I don't do that as a, that as an adult anymore and so she literally like rearranged all of her furniture and so now when she walks in she's kind of like have that moment of like oh things are different and it's like her trigger of like I have a fresh perspective and she's like it's just like a we're we're in quarantine like we're at home all the time and so like having just things shifted that was her trigger so I think yeah. that's kind of cool and unique I love that awesome. yeah even when we re- redecorated the office because like now I have a job and and like oh my god it brought me so much joy like just like redecorating like printing out the pictures that I wanted on the wall and the messages I wanted to see every day like you know I just it you can fi- yeah you can find joy in a million different ways. So it's just like, I don't know, let's be the community that's like encouraging others to find that joy. Like obviously okay. having empathy for listening, like listening to you, Emily, and li- like listening, but also being the type of women that are like, 
but you got to get in motion. Like mm-hmm. you got to find what makes you happy because life is just, we have to find happiness. There's so much to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. We need to read uh, when breath becomes arrogant. That will oh. give us a whole new perspective. <laughs> right. Cause I think our mindset probably when we were reading that book, you know, it's like a reminder. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And just know, like, every suffering season is given to you for a reason. So I know that's hard to say when you're in it. Like, why me? Why is this happening? But, like, we know. Like, we're adults now. Like, think about the first time, like, you had your first heartbreak or your first devastating news or, like, you didn't get into the college you wanted or whatever it was. And you thought, like, oh, my God, my life is over. And then now you look at your life and you're like, oh, wow, that that just guided me into the direction I needed to be on. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming to our TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) We're excited to start the Enneagram book. I'll announce it on Instagram and on our website, the exact one that that wins. But it's going to be really exciting to get to know how y'all operate and how y'all give love and receive love and all of that jazz. So it's going to be really awesome. And we hope all of y'all have a great week and weekend and we love you. Bye. Bye Bye, guys.